Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the Midweek Mailbag. We are back. We are just three weeks away from the 2023 NFL Draft, and we are here to answer your Detroit Lions questions, many of them, of course, draft-related this week. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the producer over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter. With me, as always, to answer some of your questions as well is the, um, what are we going to go with this week? Uh, Blue Survivor... Draft expert, managing editor of Pride and Detroit at Eric Schlitt on Twitter. Eric Schlitt is here. How are we doing, man? Hey, buddy. I'm a little tired. But hanging in there? Hanging in there. You've got the, the, the draft fever. That's what it is, right? <laughs> I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just tired. I got to get hit with something. So we're going to muscle through this. He's muscling through it. It's his flu game. Uh, the Michael Jordan slash machine of this podcast. Uh, like I said, we're, we're getting a lot of uh, a draft questions this week. And so let's let's just jump right into it, because uh, I found uh, an interesting kind of trend with one with one set of questions is asking about the the top 30 visits. Um, yeah, I've seen the reports come in with the top 30 visits there are about 12 or 13 reported so far. Um, so hungry lion over on the website asks, what trend do you see in the visit? And I'm just going to, I'm going to combine it with intelligent moose on Twitter who asks, uh, just looking at the top 30 visits, they haven't had, they haven't really had a look at any day one cornerbacks. Is this me diving too deep or could they possibly look at taking a developmental guy in day two or day three instead and exercise resources on the defensive line, uh, guard or backup quarterback on day one. So. Are we overanalyzing the top 30 visits? What is your takeaway from the guys that we know of so far? Yeah, I mean, typically we overanalyze everything. Um, you know, the the Lions are sending people out to virtually every pro day, and they're having conversations with guys that are not being reported, and uh, we're catching some that are, and so we're trying to collect them. Uh, but you know, we know 13 of the of the 30 and uh, I have a couple more lower name guys and maybe undraftable guys, but guys that didn't go to the combine um, that are probably coming in for medicals. And, and that's really kind of where we're at. Right. We we're, we're getting a mesh of guys that they want to get medical work done on that, um, you know, weren't in Indianapolis for the combine. And then they're getting a mesh full of guys that are more top 100 guys starting to handpick a couple of those that either, you know, it could be a variety of reasons why they bring them in. It could be a, um, they have a, a, a character thing that they want to have a, a face-to-face interview about. It could be, they need a medical follow-up. It could be that they, um, you know, whatever X, Y, Z, right. There's like a, a, a variety of different reasons why they could bring these guys in. And they've got another two weeks to bring guys in too. So I think it's, it's a, it's a little bit premature, 
to be you know uh rubbing your hands together over your your guy not being on uh on the scheduled list um also keep in mind that like they've met with a lot of guys at pro days they've met with a lot of guys at uh all-star games at, at uh you know they've done a whole bunch of work on these guys so there's been a lot of contact they will have had contact with almost everybody um sometimes the extra work is for a reason that goes beyond football and, and so i don't think it's it's I don't think it's anything to get too worried about or read too much into. Um, it's nice to see, you know, certain patterns and you can ascertain things. But again, it's all just kind of speculation right. on our part. Especially since, like you said, we only have a small piece of the puzzle. There are literally half yeah. of these top 30 visits that we're unaware of at this point, um, whether they have happened or will happen. Um, and, and and I think back to the, uh, the behind the den or inside the den video. Um, after the draft last year, and what did they take most of their footage from? Combine interviews. They didn't. They didn't bring in all those guys necessarily for a, a top thirty visit. So I think you have to really take the whole scope of the entire thing. And so we have an entire list yeah. where we're, we're taking into account the formal meetings at the combine, maybe some of the informal stuff at the pro days, the top thirty stuff, all of that. And 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 you could probably find maybe the majority of guys that they're going to draft on that list. Maybe not though. I mean. The Lions have also hid their intentions at times. Well, um, I do like uh, and to be clear, like they brought in Brian Branch. So it's not like they're completely ignoring the cornerback position. He's a, a you know, day one or day two guy, probably a day one guy. Um, but the one I want to talk about is Will Anderson, because I feel like that's that's the most interesting one to me so far. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because obviously, I, I think a lot of people don't think that the Lions have a chance at Will Anderson. But the fact that they brought him in, suddenly everyone wants to talk about a trade up potential to, to get him either three or four or wherever he might fall to. Um, what, what's your take on on them bringing in Will Anderson? Because it's it's interesting, right? Yeah, it, 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 they're not going to bring him in if they don't think they have a shot at him. Right. Whether it's somebody trades up and four quarterbacks go off the board, you know what I mean? And then yeah. all of a sudden, you know, maybe somebody, one team does like Tyree Wilson better than him. Um, and then he's there or someone like takes Jalen Carter and, and and he's and all of a sudden Will Anderson's there. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think they would bring him in if they didn't have a, le- a like a legitimate reason to, because, it's just a waste, right? right? Like there's no there's no smokescreen uh, advantage in this, right? It's it's okay. We want to cover all of our bases, and either he's going to be there, or maybe we think we move up. Maybe they just maybe it's not to three. Maybe they think they can just move up one. You know what I mean? Like it it just depends, and and so I think it's a a due diligence thing, but also a maybe the draft. Maybe he maybe these guys do slide a little bit more than what we think they should because realistically they they shouldn't the the other i think notable thing from the top 30 visits and really if you look in in all of, you know the trackers there's really not that much contact with quarterbacks which i find mm-hmm. pretty interesting right i mean obviously uh, you've got some interest in in um they brought in adrian martinez for for a top 30 and 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 hendon hooker continues to be kind of a, a conversation maybe at 18 or, or in the second round but in, in terms of those top four guys that we keep talking about top five guys they haven't brought any in for a visit right but they did meet with, with richardson um, at the combine right at the combine right yeah. but if you if you were serious about a quarterback would you want to do more like more diligence here i mean maybe it, it i don't know i, I 
obviously, like I said, like you don't want to read too much into this. Yeah. But you, you hear reports every day of like the, the teams in the top three, the teams in the top four, your Indianapolis, even even teams like Tennessee. They're meeting with all these top guys. The Lions yeah. aren't even bothering. So maybe maybe this kills a little bit of the, the trade up to three to grab a quarterback talk. I, I would think um, I would think it kind of I would think it does because. Yeah. The only real, only one of the top guys they've been in contact with is is, is Richardson, and yeah. and they they met with him at the combine. Um, they were out at Florida a ton, but Florida has a couple other guys too, so they're not just necessarily going out there for him. Yeah, and I think what a lot of people, well, I think what gets lost in a lot of uh, the visits out to the colleges during the season is that sometimes they're doing advanced scouting as well, right. like they're they're scouting the whole team, not just like certain players, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that way they have a basis so that they're not starting from scratch every season. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it, it's one of the reasons, I guess, why maybe subconsciously I've, I've been saying, I think they, if they're interested, they're interested in Richardson and that might be it, yeah. um, amongst the top guys, but yeah, I don't know. I, he's, he's the one guy who kind of sticks out there as, as the maybe, but, uh, the Will Anderson visiting the, the, the Carter visiting, those are pretty good signs for me that uh, I, I, you know, I still think they're probably leaning defense. Yeah. Um, speaking of trading up, uh, 12 Jamie over on PrideofDetroit.com asks, uh, in his first draft, Brett Holmes reportedly wanted to trade up for Jamar Chase. In the second draft, Brett Holmes did trade up for JMO. In contrast to received wisdom and most fans' perception, predictions, Holmes, Holmes does seem to target certain players. So if yeah. we're Brad and we're, and we're going to trade up in the first round, who would you guess it'd be for? And let's let's table the 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 six to three or whatever. Let's talk about eighteen because we actually had a couple mm-hmm. questions about that, and I think maybe that's a little bit more realistic. Um, because as as we talked to on on Monday's podcast, it does feel like right around the six or seven area, a second tier of player starts, and the lines might want to double dip in that second tier. So, could you see the line straight up from eighteen? And if so, who's a guy that makes sense? Um. My guess is that if you exclude like the quarterbacks, yeah, then you probably have amongst the blue chip, like you have a couple of really elite defenders, right? That you may have a shot at at six. And then there is another tier of like probably six to seven or eight guys, right? right. So that means it's about the JMO spot again. You have to start thinking, okay, if they're going to trade up from 18, they might try and target like in that 12 area again. And my assumption or my guess would be if they were going to do that, it would have to be for a guy that they still perceive to be in that like tier, that like that, like high level tier, because they're not going to trade up for a Devin Witherspoon if they don't view Devin Witherspoon as a blue chip type player. Right. And so but if he slides and they think he's a blue chip player and he's there at 12 yeah i could see them like saying let's let's try and go make a move and get two blue chip players because that's 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 the reason they went up to get jmo right like they said this is a guy that is probably a top 10 pick that we're going to get at 12 and so let's go get him and maybe i i think they actually thought he was better than the top 10 like they had him as like in the top whatever but um it's all about where that last tier where that where that tier ends and i think it's a little you have a little bit more, a little bit more options, and depending on how things you know squeak out, a couple tackles go in there. Maybe if you're not interested in a tackle, or maybe you are. Maybe a tackle slides to that spot. Like who knows, right? Like yeah. it's uh, there's some options. So like if a, but my guess is it would be a player who 
this probably should be going in the top 10 of a normal draft that maybe doesn't go in the top 10 because of all the quarterbacks being pushed up to the top. So if uh, Skronowski slides a bit, if Witherspoon slides a bit, Gonzalez slides a bit, I think those guys would be appealing to them to move up to go grab. Appreciate you not saying uh, Bijan, which I feel like some people, some people might think and, and listen, it might happen. I, I'm, I, as much as I rail against the the quarter or the running back that early in the draft, I am very curious as to seeing where he goes because of so many people calling him a generational talent, because of so many people calling him the next, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the Giants running back, Saquon. Saquon. Right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. there, there are some running back needy teams there in the middle of the pack between the Lions, you know, six and, and 18 picks. So it, it's possible that they, they make a move like that. It obviously wouldn't thrill me. Um, I, but I think you, I think you're onto something there with like it, it. It probably just has to be one of those top tier players that slips. So whether it's you know Tyree Wilson seems to be uh, on a lot of Lions fans' mind right now. If he's a guy that slips into ten or eleven or twelve territory, maybe he's an option. Maybe it's one of the defensive tackles. Whether you like Brian Brisset or Kalaj Kansi, maybe those guys fall anyways. So you you don't want to take a risk. But if one of those guys fits what what this team is all about, has that football character, that football IQ. Lines are have shown they are they're willing to just get aggressive and be get their guy and and not and I don't want to say not be patient because they've they've shown they can do that too um, and and I think you've highlighted this a couple of times over the past couple of years like Brad Holmes seems to have a pretty have a pretty good grasp in when these players are going to go so yeah. uh, it it has it it would have to be I think one of those surprise players falling for sure. Um, going to stick with the topic of trades here, uh, but instead talk about the current Lions roster and uh, maybe some tradable pieces. Um, Ryan, uh, Detroit and Toledo on Twitter, asks, this team is filling up with talent in a way we haven't seen under this regime. Any surprise trade cuts or releases you guys can see happening? Uh, I, th- I think the trades we kind of, you know, we've, we've talked about that before. I think Akuda and Swift being in their contract years, uh, they're high profile enough and athletic enough and intelligent enough that there's teams that would be interested in acquiring them. Yeah. Um, so those two guys are the ones that jump out right off the bat to me. Uh, it's hard to, it's hard to do surprise cuts, you know, because <laughs> sure. you're, they're going to be another 20 players added here and yeah. we don't know who those guys are going to be. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think, if they end up landing a back, you know, that they're like, oh, this guy shouldn't have fallen to them. And all of a sudden he did and they and they acquired him. They could be a it, there could be a let's put Swift on the block and, and, and see sure. if people are interested in him. Um, and I think with all the other talent, Takuda is a, another obvious potentially uh, trade candidate. Yeah, I don't I don't really see beyond that to anyone that they be willing to part with that really i mean like you you could go wild and like if this team has already decided for whatever reason that they don't want to re-sign jonah jackson and they draft a guard like maybe that could be something crazy that they do but that seems like wildly out of character for this team um and and just and also like a a, like way more risky than they need to be at this point um otherwise like you you look at the depth around this team and a lot of the guys that they have for depth are guys that they specifically brought back. Um, maybe, maybe like iffy, you can maybe throw into the conversation a little bit. Um, but again, like how much trade value are you going to get out of a, a 
out of a guy, a day two pick not, that hasn't amounted yeah. to much in, in three years. Yeah, not much. Like, I don't know what if his value would be really much of anything. Yeah. And I don't know if it would be even worth it. Right. Like the potential for him to become a legitimate, like third safety is yeah. higher and worth it on, on that rookie deal than it would be to deal him for <laughs> a conditional a six, if that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move uh, along here. Uh, we're going to move. Uh, this is a good question from Jay Johnny on uh, on PrideOfDetroit.com. It says, uh, the Lions with this regime have done a great job not putting themselves in a position so they have to draft a specific need or a specific position. However, is there a position that if they don't take in the first two rounds, you would feel disappointed? Yeah, offensive line. I, hmm. I think they absolutely have to come away with an offensive lineman. I'm going to say top 100. So I'm going to okay. add, I'm going to let them have You're a pick cheat. 81 in there too. Yeah, I'm going to cheat. <laughs> um, but I, in my opinion, the, the the value is is in those top like uh, four picks. So um, I would be disappointed if they didn't take an offensive lineman in those first four, because I, I do think taking a offensive lineman high, once a player that can contribute, uh, challenge to contribute this year, potentially it should be able to start next year is a key element in keeping Jonah Jackson. I actually think I'm looking at the, at it the other way of, of not that they might be wanting to get rid of Jonah, but they might want, be wanting to give Jonah an extension. And if you want to give Jonah an extension, you have to get a rookie lineman because you need that rookie contract in order to keep costs down at the position. So if they don't come away with an offensive lineman in those first like four or five picks, I'd be pretty disappointed. I can see that. I feel like you can kick the can on that one more year because you don't yeah. need an immediate need this year. And because if you give Jonah Jackson an extension, you can certainly make it cheap in the first couple of years. Like most kind of contracts styles are, are, are laid yeah. out. Um, so it, it, again, like this is, this is the benefit of putting yourself in the position that you are. You have not only starters all along the offensive line, but you have a, a backup in Graham that can back up a couple of positions. Uh, you have a backup tackle or two as well in Matt Nelson and change. But, um, but I'm, like, I'm with you. Like, I still want them to do that. I still want them to fill that hole rather than wait on it because you never want to be in a position where you have to take one. And if you don't take one this year, guess what? Probably going to have to take one next year. And that's not going to be ideal situation because then then you start reaching, right? That's right. That's what Brad then Holmes, you're forced. Yes. And that's what Brad Holmes is talking about. Like, we don't want to be in that position where we look at our depth chart. We obsess over our depth chart and say, hey, we need we need this guy right now. So we better take one. Yeah. So, well, I, and I think I, I'm going to say I think they're aware of that, too, yeah. because we talk about we'll open the open this podcast talking about visits. They've done a lot of visits with, with interior offensive linemen. That's right. They've done it. They did it at the combine. They've done it at pro days. They've done it in top thirties. They've done a lot of homework on this group to where it makes it, it, it tends to support the theory that I think they've got to grab someone this year. Yeah. And I, I, I think a lot of people would probably point to defensive tackle as an answer to this question. And I, I'm, I'm mostly with them. Like it, it's both a, a short term and a long term need, even mm -hmm. even if you consider Isaiah Bugs to be a, a starter on this team. He's only signed for two years. They didn't give him a ton of money. Um, and, and I think most of it is not guaranteed beyond this year. So um, there's no even guarantee that Bugs is on the team next year. Um, and then I, I almost want to throw a corner into the situation, too, in the conversation here, too, because. Even if all of your free agency signings work out, Cam Sutton's great and he's going to be around no matter what pretty much next year. But if, if you know, CJ Gardner Johnson is great and wants to stay with, um, <clears throat> you know, Aaron Glenn and, and, and company and, and resigns, great. 
if if Emmanuel Mosley is fine with with the injury and is great, great. Um, but having a rookie that you can rely on in the future that could also probably help you a little bit if it comes to negotiating with these guys next offseason, the, the one-year deal guys, that's a pretty good situation to be in. Um, and again, maybe you want to pay one of those guys. Well, you're going to have to offset that by uh, having someone, like you said, like with the guard situation, you want someone who's not costing you a ton of money. And yeah, it, it, go ahead. No, I was going to say I, I agree with you completely. Um, I was just going to I was just going to point out if you look to the future, um, it, it lines up with what you're saying as well. Yeah. Like because they only have Sutton and um, and, and Chase uh, Chase Lucas under yeah. contract uh, next year at corner. They only have Decker Ragnow Sewell under contract uh, next year, and so this philosophy of you know, drafting to have these guys like in, in, in hand are, are, is an important asset. Now, the crazy thing is, is defensive tackle is probably a bigger need in 2023 yet corner and offensive line are a bigger need in 2024. And so like you could argue, maybe they prioritize depending on how they want to look at it. Like they may prioritize these guys differently whether they're thinking long-term or short-term, but like all three of those positions all kind of fall under the, you know, needs, uh, you know, quote unquote category, even though the thing with the the thing is, is there's value there as well. And I think that that matches up with, you know, with their draft board, even though that draft board won't be in the, uh, in the war room. (laughs) All right. Uh, The the depth chart. Depth chart. Depth chart. Uh, All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to answer more of your Lions questions here on the Midweek Mailbag with Jeremy and Eric. We will be right back. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. 
And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we're back here on the Midweek Mailbag, myself and Eric Schlitt answering your Lions questions here. Again, three weeks until the NFL draft. Very exciting times. Obviously, a lot of questions about the draft. This one, also about the draft. Uh, <laughs> this one comes from uh, uh, Lions fan 860 on Twitter says, uh, your concerns, and I believe he's speaking to me directly here, says uh, about Holmes falling in love with players in the draft is legit. But with that said, hasn't he earned the benefit of the doubt with his picks and the fact that he and Campbell are both looking for, quote unquote, their players that fit their culture? Does that ease your mind? Um, you want to take that one first since it seems like it's directed at you? Sure, I will. Uh, and and mostly the answer is yes, um, because Holmes has proven himself to be an elite college talent scouter. Like it, it's what he's done for the past decade and a half. Um, and mm-hmm. he showed he was good at it in L.A. Two years in here, it's been very, very good at it, too. My concern is only <laughs> that even the best of talent evaluators get it wrong. They do. And so if you make a habit out of trading up, I think it's going to end up biting you more than once. Um, it, it's bitten him a couple times, but he's been so good elsewhere that I think we we continue to forget it. We continue to forget our Levi's. We continue to forget our iffies. We'll wait and see on JMO. JMO is still like JMO is still like his biggest swing. And I think we all, or most of us, I should say, understood the rookie season was going to be a wash. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But again, like that's one that we have to, it, it's not a, it's not a check in the right place. It's not, it's not, it's not a, it's not a hit or a miss at this point, um, but it is his biggest risk. And so I think, I think how that one plays out could change the perception in Holmes a little bit. Um, but, but overall, like you still can't deny He's found starters on day three. He's found pro bowlers in day three. He's he's hit on every top pick so far in a big way, which is obviously very important when you're when you're drafting as high as the lines were. So all does it say kind of, but I'm, it's not completely gone yet. I, I still think he can get himself into trouble. Yeah, but I think you can get yourself into trouble just sitting back and missing on the wrong guy, too. Right. Sure. And so um I get the the idea that if you're trading up, you're you're using capital in order yeah. to try and take a risk on that guy. But I, I'd rather have the GM that targets the guy he likes, makes an aggressive move to go get him, and and is willing to to roll the dice. And if he misses, then that's just part of the NFL game. Uh, but like you said, he's he's hit more than he's missed, and so that's uh, I think he's I I do agree with you that I think he has earned the right to you know, be a little loosey goosey with the market, uh, with it, with his, uh, with, you know, what he wants to do and let him go, let him go buy what he wants. Sure. It's just, it's just (laughs) mathematically speaking. It's not, it's not the soundest strategy, but if, if he continues to be an elite college scouter, like I, who am I to say like, no, you, you shouldn't believe in this guy so much. 
you should just wait and, and see if an, if another guy comes. That's- yeah, the thing is, is it's never perfect. It's never right. going to be perfect. And and if you say like this is the game plan, this is the design, and and if you have to be aggressive to go get something, then great. It's look, it's 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 all a game, right? You're all you're projecting what the other opponents are going to do, and, and yep. you know we we love Campbell's aggressiveness on the football field. Uh, yet, you know, we get a little trepidatious with uh, homes in in the draft market, right? But I'm 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 all aboard. Just go, take the gamble, take the risk, put the power in your hands, and uh, be willing to bet on yourself. Fair. Uh, big DMG from our live Twitch chat says, "What are the chances the Lions take a wide receiver in the first two rounds, and who do you think they would take if they did?" Sorry, I missed that part. You re- you said it real fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Uh, who? Uh, what are the chances you think the Lions go wide receiver in the first two rounds? Oh, in the and, first two. Got it. Yeah. And who do you like if they do? Um, I mean, logic says that they want the X, right? Sure. So, uh, your your top X's are are, are Quentin Johnson, Johnston, and uh, and then I think Cedric Tillman might slip into the second round there possible he slides into that third but i i think those two are the most logical choices um but there are plenty of other receivers that are awfully tempting if the lions aren't married to just trying to fill that x type role right um i know a lot of lions fans are huge on uh on uh jsn Right, the out of Ohio State, Smith yep. uh, Smith Nigma. Uh, I know Jordan ha- Addison was the top guy on my board for a long time. The USC, uh, you know, slot vertical guy, uh, Jalen Hyatt uh, out of Tennessee. He's another really tempting board. So, like, those are like my top four. Like with uh, JSN, Addison, Hyatt, and Johnston. Those are like kind of the top four guys. Uh, but then. You know, you look at if, if they if they go into day two, a guy like Josh Downs from North Carolina, like uh, Dre Bly just watched this kid play for, you know, for a year, last couple yeah. of years at, at North Carolina, uh, trying to coach the the cornerbacks the, the there. So he's going to be real familiar with Josh Downs. Josh Downs has, you know, again, he's he fits more into the slot role, but he's got yak. He's got vertical uh, skills that go to him. And like he's a guy who I think might be a little a, a little bit of a sleeper. You had a guy like Tyler Scott, who's more of a vertical. Um, he's going to give you more like what JMO has. But it, look, if you're trying to turn this into a, a, a foot race, like these are guys that you're going to look to. You're going to look to add these these speed receivers. So I think. You know, I maybe add Zay Flowers into the mix, and I think I named eight receivers there. Those are probably <laughs> my top eight, um, yeah. right? And, this, I and mean, those the are the guys is, yeah. is is noteworthy, right? Because if you remember when the Lions first started adding wide receivers to this whole thing, it was all about speed, right? Uh, all yeah. the all the free agents that they added, and and really the only exception to that has been Amon Ra, and he's I mean it's not like he's slow either. He's just not the the blazer that that some of the, you know, Tyree Williams and, and JMO have been. Um, right. But yeah, I think he's a I technician. Think, right. I think you build speed through that technique. Right? right. Right. But it does, it does appear that speed and, you know, mm-hmm. like remember GPS, like that was all kind of the, the buzzword that was um, that Brad Holmes was throwing around back in the day. So 
Speed is something I think definitely to to look at with this year's class, and and maybe that means not going with an X, right? Like you're you're yeah. not committed long term to anyone besides JMO and and Amonar at this point, which means yeah, you could use a little bit more speed. You could use some backup guys, right? Well, Jaden Reed, the Michigan mm-hmm. State receiver. Yep, they've done they've done quite a bit of homework on him, right? Uh, they've uh, took him, brought him in for a combine interview, interviewed him at his pro day. Um, he's more of a, a speed vertical guy, but he gives you a gadget element that goes into it as well. And he gives yep. you a punt return element that goes into it as well. So he's got like a lot of, he's a guy, you, I, you might have to take him in the third though, to be honest. I don't think, I don't know if he's, I don't think he's going to go in a second, but I also don't think you're going to get him on day three. So um, yeah, he could be the pick at 81 maybe. Yeah. And, and to answer, I guess, the original part of the question, do you think this is likely? Do you think the Lions go wide receiver in one of the first two rounds? And I think my answer is just as likely as almost any other position, <laughs> right? Like we, we've been talking about it kind of ad nauseum since since Brad Holmes dropped that line where he's not bringing in the depth chart to the the, the war room. Like they are just going to grab guys that they like. And so if, if there is a wide receiver there that is just the most talented player on the board, according to them. I think they're going to not even hesitate and just take that guy. And that's what having a well-rounded roster affords you to do. And even if that means this, you know, day one or day two guy is not going to start for you, is going to come off the bench, is going to only catch 30 balls for you in his rookie season, they're going to be okay with that because they are looking down the line with this draft and that leaves wide receiver absolutely on the table in round one or round two. Right, because you only have J-Mo and Amon Ra signed you got a bunch of other guys that are like erfa and rfas that are more like borderline fringe roster guys anyways um but i I don't think there's i don't think just i don't think having those two guys takes you out of the conversation of taking you know going after the position early i don't think it's as much of a priority yeah but um i wouldn't rule it out uh next question here from d sherman on twitch asks what things do uh, what things need to line up for the Lions to make a deep playoff run? Let's drink some Kool-Aid. <laughs> uh, I mean, the most obvious one is they have to stay healthy, yep. right? Yep. Um, uh, you have to sh- you have to be able to pick up on the offense where it left off. Um, you need to, as Ryan pointed out on our Spotify live show, there needs to be a no, there needs to be a minimal regression in turnovers, mm-hmm. right? You need to be able to, you need to stay on the plus side of that. Um, and then your defense ideally would move up, you know, even if it's just a mid tier average, then all those things, the better your defense is the, the probably the longer your run is going to go, to be yeah. honest, because I think the turnovers can can stay consistent. I think the offense can stay consistent. If if you get if you get the injury luck on your in your favor, like those are all things that are going to get you there. How well the defense does is probably going to determine how far you go. Yeah, I think. I think I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to narrow this and, and make it a little bit more specific. I think. I think there are two players on offense that their success revolves around. One is obviously Jared Goff. There there can't be any significant regression there. There has to be a level of consistency that we haven't seen longer than a stretch of maybe six or seven or eight games um, with him. We we need to make sure that that doesn't regress, right? Like he, things were sky high 
in LA for a couple of years for Jared Goff. And then they mm-hmm. fell off considerably. We need to make sure that doesn't happen. And I think a lot of people are rightfully think the lines are set up. You know, they have a really good offensive coordinator. They have a good offensive line. They have a, enough weapons where that shouldn't happen, but it can. Quarterbacks can just have down years. It happens. And so Jared Goff needs to show that to me that he needs that he's consistent. Jamison Williams is the second key. He needs to show that he's legit. Um, you know, the lines got fine without him last year, but now they don't have DJ Shark. Um, now they're going to be relying on him more. Now everyone else in that room is a little bit older and 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 maybe a little bit less effective uh, other than Amara. He's going to be fine. Um, so in order to maintain this vertical threat, he I mean, they're going to he's going to be a big part of their game plan no matter what. Right. Like they drafted this guy. He's going to hit the ground running this year. He needs to make sure that they live up to that. He lives up to their expectations. And this is not me saying he's a bad person or whatever. This isn't, this is me saying exactly what Brad Holmes said, which is just like, we've got a ton of expectations for him. He needs to meet them. That's that has to happen for the lines to make a deep run. I think in 2023 on the defensive side of the ball, there's a lot, right? There's a lot that needs to happen to make sure that they continue to get better. This, when you're changing as much as you have in the secondary, I think a key is that, all those pieces need to work together in harmony. There needs to be cohesive communication. There has to be chemistry that doesn't come in on day one. It's going to take some time. If you're going to have three new starters in the secondary, which could very well be what the lines are looking at. There needs to make, there needs to be some chemistry built in there and hopefully they'll get that up all out of the way in in, in training camp or whatever. Obviously having a guy like Cameron Sutton, who's such a good communicator, who's such a good leader type, in my opinion, Combine that with Tracy Walker, another guy who does those things very well. They should be okay. But again, on paper versus actually happening on the field, two different things. So I think those are like the pillars that need to fall in line along with, like you said, I think that the main key is like stay healthy because that's that's the ultimate killer of teams uh, that doesn't really get talked about enough. Um, if you don't stay healthy, it's going to make things a lot harder. On April 1st, the NFL Network ran like a whole lion's day, right? Yeah. Where they had like, it was like just hard. Knocks so they, into yeah, a bunch hard of knocks games from last year. Right. Um, all divisional games. And the first game was the bears. And the whole time I'm watching that game, I'm thinking there's like half the team is healthy for this game. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I can't believe like how banged up they were. Um, so you know, I don't think we should. I think it's important to recognize that they were banged up a lot last year. Yeah. So it's not that it's not overcomable, uh, but health is, and it's 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 such a key. If they say healthy, if you look at the playoff teams, they're almost almost all of them had a healthy roster, right? And that's why they were able to be successful. All right, uh, I think we might finish on this one. Uh, Polar Polish from our Twitch chat asks. A uh, question that a lot of people always love to ask is, is your sleepers. Who are some late round skill position guys who interest both of you? These, these are hard, right? Of because sleepers I mean, they're always hard. hard because if you love them, then you think they should go higher. Right. Right. Um, like. One of my, one of my guys that I've, I've liked from, from the jump and, and I think he's probably going to go higher than, than most people you know, think uh, most people kind of have him pegged as like a day three guy, um, but he's an, another Illinois defensive back. And that, and that's Quan Martin. Um, he is a, you know, he's, he's a slot defensive back that can play safety, that can play corner. He's got a lot of the, the same like 
positional concepts that you're going to see with Gardner Johnson. Um, but he's like super, super athletic and he's got really good instincts. And while I like Devin Witherspoon and he's like my guy, uh, I, I, I don't think you can overlook what Quan does uh, either. And I think he's a guy that maybe he's probably going to be there in, 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 in maybe the fourth round. But if he's a guy that like the Lions took it like 81, I wouldn't blink at it. Like, yeah. because I, I believe in, I, I think he's a, an underrated talent. So I know that's not offensive skill, but that's cornerbacks, a skill position. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll throw um, one out there. And I think I ahead. may have mentioned it before. I loved Minnesota's Muhammad Ibrahim running back. Yeah. Yeah. He was, I feel like he was on the, the, the tracks to become a superstar at the college ranks and maybe like a, a day one or day two pick. And then obviously the Achilles happens um, and, and derails all yeah. that, but he, he, he's now a full year and a half or whatever removed from that, mm-hmm. but still kind of considered a, a day three lottery type guy or day three guy. Um, yeah. And I don't know, like, I, I know he's not huge. He's what? Five, eight. Um, yeah. But he's, but he's, but he's, he's two, 200, yeah, yeah. two or three. Like he's got, he's, he's got enough build to him where I think, his body can can hold up in the NFL despite the Achilles injury, which tend to be more freak accident than you know uh, a, a a an injury prone type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like I think he's a guy that if if you don't go running back here and you're looking for maybe your your steal your late round steal at the running back position, he's a guy that I'd have circled because first of all, like you want to talk about good character, a guy that can come back and still have a productive season after tearing your Achilles. That's a sign of someone who's going to work his butt off to get back into the sport he loves. So I, I like him as a late round prospect, despite the fact that what some of you might think, uh, what I think of running back. So that's my dude. My, my running back sleeper is no longer a running back sleeper. <laughs> um, and that was uh, Israel Abataconda, mm. the Pittsburgh yeah. uh, re- running back. And I'm like, I saw him and he, he's raw. I'm like, man, if you could get him in the third it would be it would be really good value. There's so much potential there. And then he goes out and he ran like a a four two six or something like that at his <laughs> forty. And now it's like okay, well, that dream has died. Somebody's going to gamble on him uh, way earlier than they should have um, because he's he's still raw, yeah. but you can see the core fundamentals are there. And uh, a lot of upside to him too. That like. I, I think he can really he can turn into something good, even though he's not like a he he would fit with the Lions because he's not a guy that you would need now. He's right. a he the guy who could be an RB three and then a year from now be an RB two or an RB one. And like that's that's kind of what the line if the Lions are looking for that, that's the guy I, I like there. But I don't think he's gonna be a sleeper anymore. But if you haven't watched a Abanaconda, that's do do it. He's fun. There you go. You guys got some homework for you the the rest of the week, uh, but we're going to get out of here. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we're going to be an- continuing answering more of your questions over on the website as well. So if we didn't answer, if, you, if you're watching us live and we didn't answer your question, you can go always go over prideofdetroit.com. There is a post to submit more questions there. Maybe we'll answer them on the website. Um, we'll obviously continue to do this and our call-in show on Spotify Live while Spotify Live still exists on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Make sure you follow us at Pride of Detroit there. But until then, for Eric, I'm Jeremy. Thank you all for listening. It's chaos. Be kind.